I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. G'day, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Uh, look, I'm well. I'm feeling pretty good because we've got a whole bunch of new Patreon supporters, including Maury Morgan from the Stand Up School of Hard Knock Knocks. They do uh, like they, they teach people how to do stand up, uh, Lewis. That's what they do. Oh, there. how nice! We've also got someone oh. called C three one six eight zero one four. They've become a Patreon supporter. I'm pretty. Are we, being, are we being funded by Russian bots? I think we're actually being funded by Elon Musk's daughter. Uh, I think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex Thornton has also signed up. Dylan Joel has signed up. Laura Wells has signed up. And a guy called Jerem Morris. Now, I'm pretty sure I know this bloke. When I was in LA, I was, when I first moved to LA in 2016, I was quite lonely and I went to a bar just to kind of uh, try out some really nice food because that's what you do when you're on your own. And the barman uh, was Jerem. He was an Aussie guy and he recognised me from the telly and uh, he gave me a free whiskey. So thank you, Jerem, for joining up. Damn, he keeps giving to you. I know. Jerem is the barman that keeps serving. It's fantastic. That's amazing. Another way to support a rational fear is to offset the carbon emissions with your car with a Go Neutral sticker. For every $90 sticker, Go Neutral will buy 3.5 tonnes of carbon offsets, which is about the yearly average emissions for a car, and then 5 bucks of that comes to us. To do that, to go Go Neutral and support a rational fear, use the link in the show notes. Uh, Lewis, uh, I'm recording mm-hmm. my end of a rational fear on Gadigal land. What land are you on? Also on Gadigal land, the oh. nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 44. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, after months of speculating the opposite, US Attorney General Bill Barr finds no evidence of voter fraud, but finally finds evidence of a backbone. And Prime Minister Scott Morrison hits back at Four Corners Parliamentary Sex Scandal episode with a new initiative called Knob Keeper. And gatherings of 50 people are now allowed on dance floors in New South Wales. Critics say this will just lead to an increase in murder on the dance floor. It's the 4th of December 2020 and we're hoarding the vaccine. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear!
Hello, welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former quarantine housekeeper, Dan Illich. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. She's one of the sharpest wits featured daily in Nine's newspapers. She's also the newly elected president of the Australian Cartoonists Association. Please stop the votes because it's the Walkley Award winning Kathy Wilcox. Yay! Yay! Or should, do we have to call you Madam Pre- President now? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> only, only, Madam President. Um, Mrs. President is all right too. Boss lady. What are some of the roles of the president of the uh, of your new of your new position? Um, <laughs> I really don't know. I'm going to have Drawing to find it all out. I suddenly, I suddenly had to um, run the meeting, the annual general meeting on Sunday morning, which was a frightening thing to have to <laughs> to have to do. I initially sort of said, "Can't the old." president still run it and he kind of said yes but then but then I kind of got a, a, a whiff of power in my in my <laughs> nostrils and I went ah, what the hell I'll take over. Crush them Kathy crush them you would a little pencil. I like to imagine that uh, everyone at, uh, on the board meeting of the cartoonist association there's like 10 people and then there's 10 caricaturists on the outside each squirt <laughs> sketching the face of each one. <laughs> And as well as being one of the longest-serving comedy minions for Sean McAuliffe, he's also an author of one of the funniest books to stuff your Christmas stocking. From the actor, award-winning Mad as Hell, it's Tosh Greenslade. Hello. Hi. Hello, Tosh. Someone hey, on congratulations, so, yeah, Tosh. Yeah, well, well done, Tosh. Getting an actor, that's great. Yeah, yeah thanks. I, I, I had a, a baby uh, a month ago, but, you know, the, the actor's <laughs> nice as well. We don't care. Mate, we don't care. <laughs> You've got an actor. That's right. <laughs> Everyone's got babies. Is your baby in the business? We don't care. Not yet. <laughs> is it time to exploit is it time to exploit your baby to be in the business? Let's hope so. Because <laughs> uh, uh, my career certainly isn't doing much. And you you appear to be recording from from inside a cupboard, is that correct too? Yeah, I'm inside of my wardrobe. Uh, I I had to put so I had to put uh, this this isn't good uh, good podcasting, but I had to put this shirt down <laughs> off the hook just in case anybody saw because I've got, <laughs> you got two of the same shirt. <laughs> you're listening at home, <laughs> held up an identical shirt to the one he's wearing, and it's a surprisingly loud. Nike uh, sort of tie-dye like extravaganza. Yeah, tie-dye yeah. tiger stripe. You liked it so much you bought it twice. That's amazing. No, I bought it too big. I bought it too big for the first time and it was like, look, I'm fat. That's like bought- it was your pregnant pregnant body and then you'll have one for afterwards when you snapped back to your post-baby body. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Tim Tumor on YouTube says, is that from the shag shop on Chapel Street? It's <laughs> a very Melbourne reference. Uh, and uh, you met him before. It's Lewis Hobber. Welcome, Lewis. Oh, uh, hello. That's right. I forgot we were still doing introductions. Yeah, yeah hello. Nice yeah. to be with you. Uh, sorry I couldn't be with you last week, but, uh, yeah, huge congratulations on being the officially funniest podcast in Australia, Dan. Oh, uh, well, it is great to... It's all of us. It's all of us. It's everyone who contributes, so thank you. Uh, coming up, we speak to two people who are bringing back a much-loved Aussie tradition, the uh, cricket pitch invasion. We asked them if they did it nude and if they tampered their balls. But before we get there, <laughs> here is a message from this week's sponsor. Tweet denied? What do you mean I can't say that Joe Biden stole the election by using North Korean fishermen? Sick of having your free speech trampled on? Yeah. Trying to be anti-Semitic, but the pro-Semitic semantics have got you down? You said it. Censored by the political correctness Nazis for being too much of an actual Nazi? Exactly. Well, it's time to drop the fact-checking fascists at Facebook and time to cut the truth-telling twats at Twitter. Introducing a place where you can say what you like, when you like, with people you like, with no fear of coming across as wrong or 
you're batshit crazy. Because they're just like you. It's Parler, the social media network for right-wing nutjobs and conspiracy theorists. Parler, a place where no lives matter and masks will give you COVID-19 <laughs> and Donald Trump Jr. is the second coming of Donald Trump. The media runs right away. Uh, it's Russian disinformation. Wow. Can I say the moon landing was fake? Sure can. The eagle has landed. Can I say COVID-19 was started by Bill Gates so we'd all be forced to install Microsoft Excel in our brains? If that's what you believe. Can I say that f***wit on Tuesday did a f***wit thing and that's why I'm poor as shit? Yeah. Not on this podcast, but you can on Parler. If it's wrong, awful and likely to start a race riot, you can say it on Parler. Parler, where every day is opposite day and opposite day is not opposite day. <laughs> All right, let's get stuck into the fears. First fear, Foxtel is now a foreign broadcaster. According to Michael West, in June, News Corp sold Foxtel to a news, another News Corp company and then sold it to another News Corp company and then sold it to another News Corp company based somewhere in Delaware, USA. Foxtel is just like this tiny babushka doll in the middle of an American Fox Corp news empire. It's like like all babushka dolls as well. It's now foreign, opaque, and spreads propaganda. What's interesting here is that uh, a few months ago, the federal government handed $10 million, no strings attached to Foxtel. I assume that was spent on moving fees. Do you know how much it costs to ship 36 years of Simpsons tapes to another country, let alone, <laughs> let alone you know, a state that has no corporate tax? Um, fear mongers, should we be concerned that Foxtel is now an entirely foreign-owned entity? Lewis? Oh, I mean, I, I cannot believe Foxtel still exists. It is <laughs> it's truly staggering. I tried. I, I was one of the many people, I think, who you have flashes. Like, I think during Game of Thrones, I was going through a particularly, uh, you know, like I don't want to be a pirate, which I think is still true. And so I was like, you know what? Yeah, sure. I, I'll, I'll buy Foxtel, whatever. And then I, uh, it, it was so expensive. I was buying a <laughs> box set of, Spock, of Game of Thrones each week. And then I'm like, well, that's fine. I'll get the other things. And admittedly, there are like two or three good HBO shows. You get through those. You're like, what am I doing here? It's four times more expensive than anything else. You know where your money's going. It's going into like Foxtel and News Corp. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. It, it, it is so what, – what does it offer currently? And it knows it too, which I guess is why it's just trying to like get as many freebies before it fucks off. It Totally. No, cr- crikey has actually – Kind of done the numbers here. They reckon over the, since 2017, uh, Foxtel has received 67 million dollars from the federal government. And considering that you know it was once a billion dollar company that never paid tax, should we be asking more of Foxtel? Have they become our, our by default our third public broadcaster, Kathy? I can't even believe that they kind of weren't already foreign anyway, because they <laughs> they are effectively foreign because because Murdoch is foreign now, isn't he? Like he. He gave up being on Australian, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and he so, uh, he, 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 so, he registered to be in. He did registered as a citizen of Delaware. That's where he. That's where he's technically so a citizen. In of. what way? In what way was Foxtel ever ever Australian? Except you know, except what we no. It, it would just import you know American American right wing politics and and do it their their way. And so they're just they're just sort of getting it back. But they do seem to be able to pocket quite a lot of our cash on the way, especially. <laughs> As you say, all these handouts plus uh, plus no no taxes paid. So, uh, I mean, if they would go to America and then stay there and and not come back here, that would be quite a good way of doing it. Well, to be to be fair to Foxtel, 
I used to work uh, about eight or nine years ago. I used to work in the uh, the Foxtel call centre. No. Um, I used to work in the retention department. And people would ring me up every day. No way. They would say, what and would they would say to me, Foxtel is too expensive. It's not very good. It's full of ads. Why am I paying so much for Foxtel? And I would say, would you want Foxtel if I could cut the price in half? And they would say, yes. Uh, and then if I could get a lot of people to do that, I would get a commission for that, which would be... Uh, it is sort of cap out at about $2,500 extra a week on top of my base wow. wage. So you can't expect them to be spending that much money on people like me and discounts and also pay tax. It's not fair. <laughs> Tosh, um, how much, like comparatively, how much more did you earn as a Foxtel employee than you do working for Sean McAuliffe? <laughs> oh, well, I work for the ABC, so um, we, actually, we don't get paid in money. <laughs> the dry biscuits that I get as payment, if I sort of converted them to dollars, uh, Foxtel definitely wins. I wonder if since uh, Foxtel, when it, it was in Australia, uh, screened predominantly American com- uh, shows, now that it's in Delaware, maybe it will screen predominantly Australian shows. Like maybe Delaware will be sitting there going, why are you doing reruns of Neighbours? We have great <laughs> Delaware programs right here. Yeah, and then maybe uh, Australian artists who need to make it in America can just make it in Foxtel and we can celebrate them like we did with Auntie Donna the other week, getting on Netflix. Yeah, you're like, oh, I, 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 thanks to Foxtel, I made it big in L.A. You made it big in L.A.? Yeah, Della. Della Della in Delaware. Irrational fear. This is Irrational Fear. Let's move on to this week's second fear. Australia is at war with China over a meme on Twitter when a low-ranking Chinese official tweeted a photoshopped image of an Australian soldier committing violence against an Afghan child. It caused the Australian government to respond very quickly by denouncing the image publicly on Scott Morrison's WeChat. Not since Greg Hunt launched an AFP investigation after his Twitter account liked a tweet by BBWCumPumper69 has the Australian (laughs) government taken action from a tweet so quickly. Incidentally, the WeChat post from Scott Morris's account in return was pulled off the social media app because it <laughs> violated WeChat's terms of service. WeChat said the PM's post involved use the use of words, pictures and videos that would incite, mislead and confuse the public. Uh, we commonly know this in Australia as a Scott Morrison press conference. Uh, <laughs> Fearmongers, uh, is it time we bit the bullet and started a new division of the army solely focused on memes? I like I like that um, in this situation, uh, China is essentially the new Charlie Hebdo. It's like <laughs> Australia, Australia are the bad guys in this situation. We're the ones that have done the war crime. It was a meme about war crimes. We've done the war crimes. Our report said that we did the war crimes and then they published a meme about it and we asked for an apology. <laughs> it, is, it is. I should think that hypocrisy is pretty strange. Cathy, you've got a different take on this? Uh, well, look, there, there's quite a few elements of hypocrisy going on here. So for one thing, it was on a, it was on a tweet. Chinese citizens don't get to tweet. They don't get to put anything, any old thing out. For another thing, it was supposedly a, cut, a cartoon by a Chinese, you know, artist. Oh, and and uh, and uh, in in some of the coverage, uh, that artists, you know, strongly held feelings about Australia and and our and our our um, abominations in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, and, and needing to have um, 
you know, due due consideration, and uh, and that's just his independent um, statement there that happened to be picked up by this. I love the way you everybody says low ranking official. That's going to be rubbing it into that low ranking official. How low ranking he is. Um, but um, look, if that artist were wanting to say something about, um, let's say, Chinese treatment of Uyghurs in in you know in their camps and or, or whether Tiananmen Square was covered up or you know any number of other things, what whatever was going on in Hong Kong. If that artist had wanted to do something about that from within China, there would not be there would not be a cartoon. There would not be an image to see because that that image would not be able to come out. So so this this image is only able to come out because it is a pro pro CCP line. That's the first thing, um, or the second thing, and um, and you know, and then to compare it to Charlie Hebdo, as some people have been saying, oh how hypocritical of Australia wanting to suppress that um, that cartoon when when they would have been oh je suis Charlie and all the rest of it, and wanting to have the um, the, the Charlie Hebdo cartoons um, you know free and published. I don't think there is any equivalence to saying we find this offensive. Like, okay, I disagree that, that you know, calling for, for to have it taken down is is useless, and that was no, no there was no point in doing that uh, on the part of uh, Scott Morrison. But to say that you're offended by it is not the same as marching into the offices of of a publication and gunning down the cartoonists. You know, it's just. Yes, it's perfectly all right to be offended by something. It's all right to say that you're offended by something. Um, that doesn't stop the free speech, but there's no free speech in China anyway. So, so I just think that we've we've suddenly, I think we we kind of reflexively turn on ourselves and and assume that any kind of thing we might say against. Uh, you know, another country and another another uh, regime is going to be that's uh, going to be racist of us to say that this is not about race. This is about the, the the a totalitarian regime that controls the message that does not have free speech and that is currently playing us and playing Scott Morrison like a bloody you know uh, Stradivarius. And this was a this was just a you know this was a total send out the send out the hook. And unfortunately, Morrison took the bait and was you know real real right in so um anyway i think that uh, i think that there is no there's no argument to, ha- to be had about free speech here because there is not at all about free speech and also to the people who say oh we care more about being offended by a meme than we do about what happened in afghanistan sorry but the last couple of weeks we've been talking about what happened in afghanistan that has got a lot of coverage has got an awful lot of cartoons done about it by myself as well as you know many of my of my colleagues and and many and many people in in you know high places and journalists we've been saying you know plenty about that and it is it is coming out because there has been an inquiry in this and there are going to be consequences we hope but, but no one is saying that um journalists haven't been saying enough i think the the galling part was was the fact that this is all coming from scott morrison i mean i think yeah. the the division of uh, res- uh response from him was what people were saying was was insane. You're like, yeah. this guy won't won't be strong against the armed forces because it's a political minefield. But he's very happy to defend a, a fairly minor tweet from an irrelevant person. You know, it, it was pretty yeah. bizarre. I think that it's that that the that the diplomatic incident is come is stemming not from their human rights abuses, <laughs> but from the fact that they made fun of our war crimes. That's that's where we draw the line. It's like whoa, 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 stop. And I think it's it's interesting that it sort of seems to be coming 
after the uh, the trade sanctions have, have started to kick in. That's when we start to get shirty with them. Now that there's not a lot of money flowing into our country from them, we can start to go, whoa, whoa, what are you doing there? Stop that. You need to say you need to say sorry to us. Whereas if if there were no trade sanctions, I feel like that uh, that tweet would have gone under the radar. That would have been a I've had a private conversation with uh, with President Xi instead of <laughs> uh, you need to apologise publicly. Well, I suppose the um, the trade sanctions, as they've been, you know, progressively happening, and all the various other little sort of warnings about how how they're unhappy about fourteen things that we've done or something like that. But you know, one after another, trade sanctions. Kathy, I believe it's the the, the, the essay is called Fourteen Things I Hate About You." That's what the Chinese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. So, and that was a, as as they were sort of becoming a little bit more desperate. And more and more desperate in trying to sort of sound like, oh, but we still want to be friends, you know. Oh, yes, they're unhappy about this. Oh, we, we don't want to read too much into the fact that they don't want our barley or they're, they're you know, putting a, slapping a tariff on the wine and, and stuff. And um, and it's true that this that this meme is is the point at which everybody goes, oh, oh, so that's what they feel about us. Okay. <laughs> so it feels like, it's, it feels like we've, we've finally understood that he's really not that into you, you know, <laughs> after, after trying to see the nice side. <laughs> it's, it's so funny how they just don't care as well. They don't, they don't really care really? about this beef because, you know, they're China. They're the biggest economy in the world. They're the kid in primary school with the behavioural issues who would not take his tablet and he'd be a bit naughty and the, 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 the teacher would be like, come up to the front of the class and, and say sorry. And instead he would just like whip his balls out and then climb up on the roof. They, they just do not give a shit because they could destroy the planet. The days of Donald Trump are coming to an end. Irrational fear. A friend of mine who's very smart said you've probably probably been investigated more than anybody else makes you probably the cleanest person in this country in u.s elections news now it's been a month since the u.s election and i don't know about you but i am so thankful i no longer have to listen to u.s politics podcasts uh so <laughs> you know you don't have to dan i know well I, I feel like i had to up until the, the election but now i feel like i don't have to do that um no 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 one no one was there being like guys uh we, the, the election's gonna be won or lost on daniel <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one person who did care was Donald Trump, and he still is. He still really hasn't let it go, Lewis. I don't know if you know about this, about Donald. He is still fighting the system, <laughs> claiming electoral fraud, fraud, and he's got his number one guy on the case, the high-flying lawyer slash penguin from the Batman franchise, Rudy Giuliani, and his team of hotshot lawyers have headed to the Michigan State Legislature to argue the case for voter fraud. Now, I've got a couple of clips here. I want to play them for you. The first one can be a hang on a sec um, for folks who haven't played this before. If you want me to stop the clip, I just say hang on a sec if you want to chime in. So this is one of Rudy Giuliani's hotshot lawyers and maybe she could be, <laughs> I don't know, a little bit drunk. The, the, poll book, the poll book is completely off. Completely off. Off that by 30,000? I'd say that poll book is off by over 100,000. That how- poll book... Why don't you look at the registered voters on there? How many registered voters are on there? Did you do you even know the answer to that? No, I guess it's I'm trying to get to the bottom zero. of this here. Zero. There's zero. So my question then <laughs> is if the Guess how many wait. What about what about how what what about about the turnout rate? A hundred and twenty percent? It's no, hang on there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Kathy. So it's so it's Giuliani who's actually going. Now hang on there. What are you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think he's trying to reel reel her in? He's like leaning over to go. You know, yeah. you know you're you actually not coming across as sane. Giuliani, Giuliani's pulling. He's pulling the move in the pub where you go. Oh, come on, mate. Come on, come on. And you put your hand over. <laughs> you put your hand on on your friend's back just to be like, I'm here. You need to be grounded right now. You are very, very drunk. <laughs> that representative Johnson asked his question. So, so the poll book number. Okay, there, there's two things that could happen here. Either the poll book number, if, if ballots were called multiple multiple times, there, there's two options. Option number one is that the poll book numbers are not going to match. They the, don't. The actual. Not by thousands and thousands of votes. That's not what we see right now. You that, take a look again. One. Take a look again. Option number two is that they essentially were, were filling in names of people who didn't vote. That, Dead that, people too? So is that, Let's I guess, let is that Representative Johnson ask his question, and then when he's done. I thought that done, was his answer. Okay. Well, I guess that, that's uh, my, my question here is why we're not seeing the poll book off by 30,000 votes. That, that's not the what case. What did you guys do, take it and uh, do something crazy to it? <laughs> I just, oh, oh, hang on a sec. You can't, it's so hard to, like, get a sense of what just happened if you're just on an audio-only medium. But um, imagine someone who is losing an argument but thinks they're winning and they get this little position where their arms are crossed and their chin goes up and then right after they finish their sentence, their eyebrows do a single pump. That's what just happened there. It was extraordinary to watch. It like... When someone is so wrong that you don't know how to correct them, and they—it's a beautiful thing to behold. And then when you when you can hear other people laughing in the background as well, <laughs> going, uh, "This this person has no clue what she's talking about," or she might be a few drinks in. Rudy Giuliani just met her at a bar like an hour ago. Yeah, yeah. and she's like, right, "Let me go, Rudy. Let me go. I'm I got a- things. I got an idea. Let's get her. Yeah. She she knows this. Tuck she knows this your, town. Tuck your shirt in, Rudy. I'm going ahead." <laughs> numbers are not off by 30,000 votes. So I know what are you I saying saw. that they're filling in? I know what I saw. And I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. Okay. Did you? <laughs> okay. <we're- laughs> I, 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 hang on a sec. This, this, this is just Jersey Shore at this point. That's all. Like, this is just an MTV reality show. It seems like they've scripted it to be an MTV reality show. That's Real Housewives. Real Lawyers of Trump, I would watch. I would watch that until I die. This is exactly what we're watching. Right. So, anyway, so I've got a second clip. I'm going to play it for you in full. Now, it's important that you have your headphones on and you're listening very carefully to this well-considered argument from Rudy Giuliani. The answer, point of order. the answer that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness. Just like you, they don't want to know the truth. Well, you probably know the truth. <laughs> Did you guys hear I that? Heard oh. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani oh, squeezes out a fart <laughs> mid-sentence and his other counsel looks at him like, did you just fart during a congressional hearing? <laughs> but then she then she smells it. At the end, she she clearly smells it and goes, yep, you did. <laughs> I'm going to play. Okay, yeah. And what's more, it was one of his more compelling arguments, wasn't it? <laughs> well put, Rudy. <laughs> uh, I think in Michigan they should be wearing masks on their face and their ass as well. <laughs> All right, let me play it. I'm going to play it again here because it's so good. The answer, point of order. the answer that I gave you is they didn't bother to interview a single witness. <laughs> Just like you, they don't want to know the truth. Isn't that oh. right? <laughs> uh, a little, 
smirk, the smirk on his co-counsel's face when she just turns away going, oh, man, that guy just farted right next to me. Irrational <laughs> fear. And why should we not believe the reported uh, attempts of you to try to seek a pardon from the president? Well, I will ask that he be, he be disciplined for that. Joining us now are two Blakes who are taking matters into their own hands when it comes to bringing back the great Aussie tradition that has been missing from our cricket games, the pitch invasion, except then rather than doing it nude uh, for their mates, our next guest did it clothed in the name of keeping fossil fuels in the ground. Ben Burdett and Joshua Weinstock ran onto the field last weekend during the India versus Australia game and they join us now on Irrational Fear. Welcome, Ben and Josh. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having us on. Oh, no, it's great. It's great. It's great to have you guys here. It's really great to have you guys here. So, so tell us, um, why didn't you do it nude? Uh, well, we kind of, we got on there and we looked around and we thought, would we be more popular if we had done it nude? <laughs> like, we kind of thought, you know, maybe, maybe we would be serving the tradition. Um, but basically, we had no interest in being charged with indecent um, conduct. <laughs> You can only get charged for one thing at a time. Uh, no, tell us, uh, tell us why. You, you ran onto the field with a specific reason. Tell us why did you do that? And so what happened last week is all of a sudden the State Bank of India uh, reared its head again about and, and was making noises about uh, maybe lo- loaning the $1 billion that, um, uh, that Adani's seeking to get the coal mine underway. Um, and anyway, the planets all aligned and there was this cricket match and, uh, and the call went out for a couple of... Um, People silly enough to run out on the field to uh, to do this job. The so call? We, who calls you? Who calls you? A job. <laughs> wow. The, the, the job seeker is really not working out, is it? You're like, right. I'll take any gig I can yeah. get. What's it paying? It's, oh, it's a fine? I'll be fine to do it? Hell, I'll still take it. Yeah, no, tell us about the fine. I mean, it, it, you do get fined for doing stuff like that, right? How much did you get fined and how did you oh, pay yeah. it? How did you pay it? We're not entirely sure yet. It's still in the post. We will find out in court. Um, we'll find that out I, in court. I, I, I got told five Gs. Um, I'm not sure. I got told a few hundred, which could be them no. uh, trying different psychological tactics on us, or it could be them being confused. It's um, a, but a, we'll find out in court. I think it is about $5,000. Uh, yeah. Have you got a plan in yeah. place to try and um, get that paid? Yeah, well, we, we've got to go to court, so hopefully that will get uh, diminished. Uh, quite a long way, and then we'll, we'll see how that goes. Invest in renewables. They'll, they'll have a good return and that'll help pay off your, uh, your fine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, um, the story went very well in India with 1.35 billion people watching the cricket pretty much. So, um, you know, as good as uh, as uh, a rational fear is, you know, it's a very successful podcast. You know, Josh and I are arguably the most famous people here this week. <laughs> well, I can tell you now by looking at the stream, we've got 12 people watching the stream right now. So, yes, yeah, slightly more, <laughs> slightly more uh, famous than people. Yeah. Uh, than, you, than you, you should... Yeah, speak to Stop Adani. They can help with your marketing. <laughs> have, have you, because I, I, I know some of the reception from uh, maybe non-politically minded cricket enthusiasts was a lot more negative. Have you received a lot of uh, that feedback personally? No. Um, I mean, in fact, like the reception we got on the day, for one, we got some Indian cricket supporters afterwards who came up to us like we were celebrities. They they, they got plenty of selfies with us um, and our signs. Um on the pitch, like, when we got out there, the crowd seemed kind of confused. They ended up booing because, like, a few... But for the first 30 seconds, we got some good applause. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I've, I, watched, I was, I've um... watched cricket before, and 
I would be thankful for the interruption. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is, none of us really knew much about cricket. Like we sort of watched it a little, little bit, but um, fortunately, Josh's dad briefed us not whatever you do don't stand on the pitch so i followed that advice and actually there was a comment there was a comment made by a um a, a 2gb commentator that uh, that actually said oh well at least they didn't stand on the pitch so that, that was yeah that, i'll take that as a positive i've actually got one of the news stories up um from youtube uh which one of the indian news stories and it's so funny like listening and reading some of these comments from indian people and people in india are with you um, it's it's quite surprising. Like Indians hate Adani as much as people in North Queensland that. do. Um, it's pretty yeah. great. Like um, fully support your brother. Hope you drive this crooked businessman out of your country. We need such enthusiasms from Indians as well. Yeah. I'm Indian, but I suggest you guys don't let Adani enter Australia. Good citizens showing they're a responsibility for the future generation. If we send our political leaders there, they will divide Australia into religious grounds and weaken the real issue. These these are seriously engaged Indians who also hate Adani. This is amazing. Mm. We, need, we need to yeah. send you to Delaware with a Stop Foxtel T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Don't tempt us. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we do it for the T-shirts, really. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was that was kind of our, our objective was just to highlight this with the Indian people because the Indian people have you know, a great history of, of social uprising and you know we've led by Gandhi of course um, so you know now that they know about this I don't think they'll be they'll be um, putting up with it I love this comment from Peter Lawler on our Twitter feed he says it should only be $500 if you don't touch the pitch uh, I think that's good yeah. <laughs> as opposed to $5,000 as long yeah. as you don't sandpaper the ball you should be fine <laughs> yes <laughs> This was much part, part of a much larger action. There were other people at the grounds also protesting with you. There were people leading chants in Hindi out the front of the grounds. It, did, it, did that kind of stuff get a good reaction from Indians and, and Australians walking into the ground? Uh, we've been told it did. Um, they, had a, they had a big prop um, wicket up the back that people could throw a ball at with, like, Adani written all over it. And who doesn't like throwing a ball at a big prop? Um, apparently they got a lot of good responses from outside. Um, a lot of people who had great fun there. Um, and they actually, um, there was that, and then people turned up to the SBI offices earlier in the day, so it was a whole thing. All right, excellent. Now tell yeah. us, like, tell us the nitty-gritty of deciding when to go out. How do you pick your moment to invade the pitch? Uh, yeah, uh, well, we wanted to do it in the first moments uh or the first few overs and and uh you know the the anxiety had been on since uh you know quarter to four in the morning for me <laughs> so so just to get it out of out of the way was very good we, we, well, uh, we, knew we, we had wanted. a beer that, that helped <laughs> you, uh, yeah. you had like <laughs> a, a dutch courage you say you had like a half strength scg beer <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, we wouldn't and, want a full strength. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we, we went up to the top to pretend we were going to the shop. We took our hamburger box props and we we're standing there for a little bit. And then a lady uh, was trying to move us on. And then and there were some Indian cricket fans that saw our placards, which which were actually fake ones covering up our real placards. Um, let's which, go, Aussie! Let's go! Yeah, oh. and uh, so we got we got selfies with those guys. <laughs> And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, yeah, we're trying to concentrate on when, when there was a break in the overs and, and that's when it was go time. Trying to figure out where the cricket was at. Okay, so was that the fifth ball? Was that the sixth ball? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, how do overs work again? Yeah. How did it end? Did you, did you get tackled? Did you, get, did you discuss uh, how far you would take it? Did you take a knee? Did you, did you give up? 
the, the short answer is it ended eventually. We were, we were so prepared to kind of rip off our disguises and run out there before security tackled us down. It took such a long time for them to get out there. I was out there. I'd done, I'd done my route. I was standing there with the sign over my head. It got to the point where I was thinking, are we just going to have to walk ourselves off? Are we just going to have to leave? Like, um, does anyone does anyone mind us being here? I, I don't know if anyone saw the, the footage of this. I'll chuck it in the show notes. But um, the security guards were a little on the... Uh, Look, let's face it. We've all been, we've all put on a few kilos during lockdown. They just looked like they hadn't been, uh, been a proper security guard for a long time. <laughs> just that Maybe they've just <laughs> taken sort of a, a parent parenting a toddler approach to uh, like streakers, where they're just like, look, if we chase them, they're going to keep running. If we just <laughs> let them run, eventually they'll get tired. We'll just, yeah. we'll just walk out slowly and take them treats. <laughs> uh, if we kept running, that could have taken forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how did it feel when you hit the centre of the ground? What did that feel like? Centre of the SCG, knowing all the cameras were on you, knowing that you were beaming out to a billion people in India? Yeah, uh, the monkey was off our back. The, 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 main, the main fear I had was just not, not pulling it off. Um, so we were, we were just pleased to be out there, really. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, that, that, that was. Yeah, I was thing. like that. It just sounded like you were giving us a post-match speech. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Real proud of the boys. Uh, just happy to be out there. It was a street credit, too hard. Credit to Matt Canavan, but uh, I think we were the better man on the day. <laughs> yeah, right. Taking it, just taking it one protest at a time at this point. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that. But what, what you may not have picked up was, um, yeah, uh, Josh and I both copped the longest wedgies all the way back into the, the oh, stadium goodness. and into the, uh, you know, into the cells in the stadium. The stadium has cells, um, just for those who are interested. Um, <laughs> and Gladys, if you're listening, um, yeah, get get some better decorators on the new ones because it, yeah, it's a bit bit stark <laughs> in there, just stainless benches and besser block walls. <laughs> ben and Josh, thank you so much for joining us on Irrational Fear. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, follow Stop Adani. Yeah, will do. Now, uh, Tosh, you've written a book, The ScoMo Diaries. Uh, yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about that book. Um, so it's basically just a it's a book of roasts, really. It's just me <laughs> ripping on the government. But it's it's a comic retelling of Scott Morrison's first 18 months uh, as Prime Minister, um, illustrated by Andrew Weldon. Um, so he's done some amazing stuff in there. And it, it really is just me ripping the government and everybody in it for a solid 250 pages. <laughs> it's it's a really quite a good read. Though I did mention to you earlier, I found it quite depressing because I was just reliving that year and like reliving the year in news. <laughs> but it, it was it's accurate. It's accurate to the date. How did you actually write it? Did you actually write uh, a joke every day as something was happening in the news cycle? No, no. So I just went back. Like it's all just there on the news websites. It's all archived forever until the internet stops and electricity stops after the fall of man. But the the it was so easy to write because it was just you Googled the date and his name or you Googled the date and Australian Parliament and it just gave you the entire day's uh, happenings basically and then I just made jokes about it. The book is called The ScoMo right. Diaries. Um, we've actually reached out to the PMO to see if Scott Morrison would read us out a chapter. Um, he sent us a response but he sent it on WeChat and it's been pulled down uh, so we can actually <laughs> read it. So instead Rupert Dagas, who does all of our reads for us, um, did us a version. Here we go. Have a listen to this. 9th of May, 2019. A little quote I read from Christina Keneally today. Peter Dutton has been let out of his cave. He's been kept underground somewhere by the Liberal National Party. Now, first of all, Peter doesn't live in a cave. 
He lives in a sort of nest made from rotting pieces of meat. These kinds of lies are typical of labour. I do, however, quite like the idea of keeping Peter underground. I might look into the legality of it after the election, although we might need to be careful about how we do it, given the tendency of potatoes to multiply when buried. <laughs> Beautiful stuff, Tosh. Uh, the Scummer Diaries is yeah. out now. Kathy. I was wanting to know if if Tosh is the author of the tweets of Scott Morrison. <laughs> no, no, I've had that account on mute on mute since I started writing it because I didn't want any of that to sort of seep into my brain and accidentally rip it all off. So I don't know who that is, but they they unfollowed me when I announced that I was writing the book, so I think they don't like me. But then I, I, I said that they unfollowed me and they refollowed me. That is it for Rational Fear. Big thanks to Ben and Josh, Kathy Wilcox, Tosh Greenslade and Lewis Hopper. Um, have you got anything to plug, Kathy? Please don't buy any more of my tea towels. I'm, I had a whole bunch of orders in the last couple of weeks when I had a bit of publicity and I'm just drowning under orders and I'm not going to be able to get them all out by Christmas and I don't know how, how to tell people that. So, um, so you know, <laughs> if you've got any ideas about how to, how to let customers down, let me know. Don't worry, we'll clip, this, we'll clip this video out and we'll tweet it out and then you can retweet it and it'll be a nice passive-aggressive way. Or you can just put it on WeChat. That, right. Yeah. Definitely the most self-sabotaging uh, plug we've had on the podcast ever. So whatever, oh, whatever I'm doing, stay away like from it. Country. Yeah, yeah. Don't give me your money. Just turn me off. Unfollow me. Lewis, do you want to plug anything? Anything at all? doesn't have to be anything you're involved uh, with. No, you can follow me on uh, on social media and send me messages that I uh, may or may not respond to. <laughs> ben and Josh, do you want to plug anything before you go? Uh, uh, well, we, we were actually part of Extinction Rebellion as well, and we've got a Festival of Love and Rage coming up on the 19th of December, so check that out on Facebook. Come to that, it'll be great fun. <laughs> Excellent. Big thank you to Roadmarks, the Bertha Foundation, Go Neutral, our Patreon supporters, David Bluestein, Killian David, Rupert Dagas, Jacob Round on the Teppanyaki timeline. Our Discord server has been going off this week. Big thanks to the Peters, Phil, Ads, Covet, Kizza, and uh, Maddie Palmer, and all of the contributions from the Discord team. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.